From the PSIA ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair. We've got Chris Rogers, Stacey Garish, and Dave Schuling on the line to chat about how skiers and snowboarders can learn from each other. Chris Rogers came up with this idea uh, after Esther Ledecka won the uh, gold at Super G. Um, Chris, what kind of prompted this whole thing? Well, you gave me a call after I posted on Facebook about, um, you know, they, I think there was kind of a lot of gloating by uh, by a lot of my my uh, friends on the snowboard side about how our one of our snowboarders just uh, won gold in a in an alpine event. And uh, well, I t- can totally appreciate that side of it. I also think there's um, kind of really cool story that in there just about how um, how much we can learn from each other and how that collaborative competition. Um, actually improves both sports. And, and I posted something about that on Facebook and it just kind of snowballed into maybe we should have a chat about this. And Stacy, this was important to you because this is a really a big part of uh, CS1, CS2, isn't it? Yeah, it is, George. Um, it's one of my favorite things about the CS1 and CS2 is that we do snowboarders and skiers together in the same group. And we do movement analysis on both disciplines together as well. So we really think there's a lot to learn by watching movements on both sets of equipment. And Dave, as the PSIA ASI Director of Education, I know this is a really big issue with you as well. <laughs> well, an issue in a positive way, I guess. I guess, you know, my motto has always been all sliding is good sliding, George. Uh, as a multi-slider myself, I certainly have learned a lot over the years from from branching out and kind of going laterally as opposed to just going up one discipline track, uh, you know, vertically. So the the benefits are huge. So, Chris, kind of get into the reaction of some of your snowboard friends and people in the snowboard community to the the Olympic run and and what that meant to snowboarders. I, I always really enjoy following a snowboarder down the hill because you just see the mountain differently than I do, and, and you generally take a, a line that maybe I wouldn't normally pick. Well, I think that's exactly it, and I think that's why Esther did so so well, is she took a different line. I mean, that was real obvious when they did the the video overlays of the different runs was she simply took a different line. And, you know, the reaction on, on social media was very much like, you know, a little bit of, of in good sport, like uh, snowboarder just won an Olympic GS gold medal. And um, I, I totally get that. And it's, it is pretty amazing um, to have a dual discipline athlete who can um, compete in, in multiple medal events at the Olympics and represent um, her country. And, and that's pretty cool. Um, but, uh, you know, I think where, where I started looking at that is, is yeah, when we're out training, um, you know, as, as a manager, Stacey and I both managed um, ski and snowboard school training programs. We're not just managing skiers or snowboard. Um, we know that there are benefits in training together and learning from each other. Um, and, and I think, you know, that just really highlighted the some of the benefits of that where, um, you know, where Lindsey Vaughn has made some pretty disparaging comments to the snowboard community over the past few years. Um, this was really highlighting the other side of that. Like, hey, there are real benefits to working together and training together. And, um, you know, there are there are still resorts that don't allow snowboarding. And, and maybe their programs are missing out on something because of that. Now, Stacy, with your race background, would this compare to, say, Lindsay beating Esther in a, in a half-pipe competition? Um, yeah, I'd love to see Lindsay jump into a half-pipe. 
Um, yeah, I think it would compare for sure. I think, you know, sort of to Chris's point, um, I, I was a skier before a snowboarder, and I definitely ski more than I snowboard, but I learned, when I learned to snowboard, um, it really taught me more about paying attention to very specific body movements when I transferred back into my skis. And I think it's super cool to see an athlete, especially at the Olympic level, to be able to transfer those skills between two disciplines. Um, I think we do have a lot to learn from that, and, and I think it supports what we're all doing um, already in our schools and in certain events at PSA, ASI. And I think it's great. Now, Dave, it is sliding on snow. What are some of the things that we can learn from each other? Well, certainly, um, how we how the basically the sliding tool, if you will, interacts with the snow and and how you align your body to kind of um, get the most efficient uh, energy and or performance out of that tool, whether it be skis or snowboard. We've seen evolution of technology in terms of um, well, let's face it, uh, shape skis really evolved from a movement of of snowboarders of snowboards having deeper side cuts, uh, combination with fat powder skis. And next thing you know, there's, uh, you know, this shape skis are coming into play and, and now you're seeing more and more, um, tighter radius, radius shape skis, similar to, to snowboard. And if you look up on the hill on any given day, it's sometimes hard to distinguish, um, what, whether a skier or a snowboarder, we're making the arcs in the snow. Um, the only the only difference is sometimes you'll see two arcs, two clean arcs versus versus one. But uh, we're you look up at a groomer, a fresh groomer after a, a morning, and um, you you see a lot more arcs in the snow than you did say even ten years ago. Now, Chris, I wanted to bring up with you um, the mountain I worked at last season uh, when we do some MA clinics. Some of the skiers were very resistant to doing MA with snowboarders, or they'd say, "George, you're you're focusing way too much on snowboard, even though I'm a skier." Um, are you seeing more cooperation or togetherness from both skiers and snowboarders on your staff? You know, I don't think that's really trickled into the certification world uh, as of as of now. Um, you know, at our in our level two and our full cert exams, we're still really focused on your ability to uh, make observations about the people in your same discipline. Um, but I, I think at the same time, what we recognize at, at the upper levels is that the skills that you learn in doing movement analysis are not just applicable to your sport. So, you know, and we're sitting on the side of a run at a level three exam and I'm doing movement analysis and, and, and watching a candidate do their level three MA. I'm not going to give them a skier. Like that's not, that's just not going to happen. But you watch that skier and, and whether or not you ski, you can make observations about how their body movements are affecting the equipment and the turn outcome. And, and, and our, our movement analysis models have been developed by the teams and by divisional educators across the country and, and across discipline for sure. Um, similarly, when we look at teaching fundamentals, these are things that are universal across disciplines. Um, so there's absolutely learning happening, but I don't think there's been a, a big move of like, hey, you're a snowboarder, you should be able to do MA on a on a skier. Um, that that hasn't really happened at this point. And I guess what I meant more by that question was um, just the willingness to go out uh, together on a clinic. Uh, I've always really enjoyed going out with clinics that you've been leading on my skis. Yeah, we do. We do have more of that. I think um, you know we have quite a few. 
um, scheduled clinics at Vail anyways that are non-discipline specific where we have, um, you know, whether it's a, a topic that someone's brought to the table or it's just a get out and ski with a GM or with a, with a director um, where, we, where we don't really specify the, the equipment, where the topic of the clinic isn't uh, discipline specific. And we do, we do pretty well there with um, having multiple disciplines represented, whether that's tele or adaptive or alpine or, or snowboard. And Stacy, what's that like in the CS1, CS2 world where uh, the skiers and snowboarders are together? Uh, is there a camaraderie that comes together in the exam groups? Yeah, it's um, it's really fun. They're really fun to work because of that aspect. I like having the mixed groups. Um, it's interesting. Usually in the beginning, there's some apprehension from the skiers and the snowboarders. They kind of it's like a stare down. Like, really, we're in the same group, and um, Usually, midway through the CS1, they've completely forgotten that they're on different equipment. Um, at the CS1, we do the movement analysis together as one group, and we have the skiers and the snowboarders look at snowboarder, snowboard children, and we have them look at skiing children, and we talk about real and ideal movements for children, and then we compare and contrast between the children on skis and the children on snowboards. And I think it actually enhances their understanding of this, of whatever primary sport they're attending on. Um, and the same thing at the CS2. Um, out on the hill when we have snowboarders and skiers together, you know, honestly, I've learned a lot from both skiers and snowboarders, but I will say pretty consistently at the CS2, the snowboarders tend to have a, um, a little more ease with creativity and... Um, Usually, it brings more energy to the group as a whole, and I really, you know, there'll be apprehension in the beginning of the event, but usually by the end, people are not at all concerned about the mixed discipline. They actually like it. So, Dave, it's sounding like CS1, CS2 is actually creating some really well-rounded instructors. Absolutely, and we're seeing more and more where where schools and resorts are are recognizing instructors for kind of taking that that uh, lateral track, if you will, and branching out. And maybe instead of, like I mentioned at the beginning, maybe instead of just staying within your own discipline and going vertical, you know, all the way up to say level three. Um, sometimes an instructor that may have a level two and a CS one, and potentially even um, branching out into the freestyle world. Um, suddenly is a little bit more versatile, can can interact with a wider range of personalities and ages and stages and and um, and be able to be, I guess, more marketable to a larger group of people and therefore a successful instructor because of it. Now, Chris, I know you have talked about uh, trying to get out more on skis. Snowboard national team, do you have a certification in Alpine? I, I don't right now, George. I grew up skiing. Um, I, my parents joke I learned to ski before I learned how to walk. Um, but uh, I grew up nearest cross country ski area. I grew up cross country skiing. Switched to downhill. Started snowboarding when I was down uh, when I was ten, and um, really have focused my whole career on the snowboard side. But um, uh, it's been on my list. I audited a couple days of a level one a few years ago, and um, have been training towards my level two. It's just a matter of fitting in a time for an exam alongside everything else we're working on, whether it's e-learning or um, bringing back Rider Rally or going to China or, uh, or planning National Academy. It's just uh, 
I have not managed to find time to go sit that Alpine level two yet. Uh, Stacy and Dave, I know that you definitely put the snowboard boots on every now and then. Uh, ever get into tele or try any other disciplines? Yeah, I have a tele certification. And I have also, George, I'm proud to say I know how to snow skate. Um, so I did learn how to snow skate a few years ago, yes. Um, and my uh, the snowboard staff was pretty stoked to see me out there on a snow skate. So um, I guess that... That makes me multidiscipline, right? I guess so. Snowboard, tally, and ski. Yep. And Dave, are you encouraging people to uh, do that uh, more horizontal move to uh, other disciplines that you were just talking about? Uh, Absolutely. Um, You know, you didn't ask me the question, but I guess uh, growing up in small hills in Michigan and spending a lot of time on snow was more about uh, creativity and variety. So I tried everything, including cafeteria trays. So um, (laughs) I went through the track, you know, of of becoming an an Alpine level three. Actually, my first level three certification was in Telemark. And then I crossed over and got my Alpine cert and then uh, snowboard level three certification. I'm still actually an active examiner for both Alpine and snowboard with Rocky Mountain. Um, so I've seen the value over the years of, of definitely branching out into other disciplines. Like I mentioned just before, you know, you learn to kind of speak the different languages, uh, the different cultures and, and genres, if you will, of the different sports. And therefore you, you learn how to interact with a wider audience of folks out there. Now, Chris, would you be surprised to see more performances like Esther had in the future? I think that's the fun of it is that it was such a surprise. Um, you know, the, the look on her face was complete shock and, and surprise. She, she thought there was a mistake. Um, and it was a phenomenal race. But, I, you know, I think um, the, the amount of energy and, and just pure performance that, that these athletes put in, into um, – competing for Olympic medals. Uh, you know, it's why Sean White is only, only went for, for pipe, you know, and wasn't going for both um, slope style or big air and half pipe. Um, it, you know, it's, we, we heard Lindsay and Michaela and, and other downhill athletes talk about it in this last week about how demanding it is to, to be trying to compete for multiple medals. Um, I think what Esther's going for and, and trying to be the first athlete to, uh, to medal in uh, both Alpine and uh, snowboard events at the winter Olympics. I'm, I'm sure there will be other people that, that try to do um, things like that, but I also know it is so incredibly taxing on them. I, I, you know, I, I think it's always going to be a surprise because you just don't expect an athlete to compete in a dozen events at that highest level. And Stacy, how can someone attain that in multiple disciplines, especially in this day and age where we get so specific in our sports from such a young age? Um, great question, George. I mean, I think I, I don't know that I know the answer to that, but I would just venture to say that the more variety you allow a child to have in their athletic life, the more athletic variety they're going to have as an adult. So I think oftentimes we let children get really sports specific at a very young age, and there's lots to be said for trying a variety of movements in different sports at a young age. And Dave, your thoughts on that same question, especially with a son who's doing so well in freestyle right now. 
<laughs> yeah, it's um you know, he his passion has been from a young age uh in, in slope style. And slope style as as we've seen in the Olympics just recently is going through a terrain park and hitting big jumps and rails and and um as he was progressing through that sport, myself and some of his coaches continued to encourage him to to ski half pipe and train half pipe as much as he could. And he really didn't want to, in fact, resisted it. Um, and ironically enough, he was named last spring to the U.S. rookie team as a half pipe athlete before he was a slope athlete. And um, that, that, that crossover skills that he learned from, from both um, really kind of accelerated his, his pipe skills. And so um, I think the versatility is the key and um, that's where you really see um, athletic ability truly shine and, and get people maybe, maybe to that next level or to that elite level is because they've actually have some transferable skills that they can pull from other areas. Chris, kind of a summation of your thoughts on this. Oh, it's just been, it's fun chatting with Dave and, and Stacy and you about, about it. Um, I think, you know, kind of what Dave was just saying, I, I think the, the four of us have all experienced benefits from cross training or from, from doing, um, you know, having backgrounds or time spent in other, other disciplines. Um, I still love putting on skis and getting out. And, and one of my favorite things is, um, is the way that edge angle relates from snowboarding to skiing and, um, you know, getting out on, on some hero snow on, on skis and laying out some big carved turns. Like the, the feeling is so similar to snowboarding, but actually almost easier because you've got that second edge as backup and, and being able to translate those two, um, makes it that much more fun. So I, I think, you know, we so often get stuck in our little worlds and, and, um, our, our own little cultures within our, or subcultures within our greater snow sports culture. And it's just, it's, it's really refreshing to see kind of a major story on, on skiing and snowboarding, um, that really highlights those positive, um, like I said earlier, competitive, um, you know, friendly competition and, and how that's helped both sports. Stacy, same. Uh, I agree with everything Chris just said, and I would kind of hit the age old quote, which is variety is the spice of life. And, um, I think, you know, as an educator in particular on, on the snow, the more time we can spend on equipment we're less familiar with, I think this, it strengthens us not only in our primary discipline, but as an educator. When I get out on a snowboard, it reminds me what um, blue pitch really feels like. <laughs> um, on a run where I might be sort of complacent on my skis, um, I'm paying a lot more attention on a snowboard, and it tunes me into those fine motor skill movements, and then I get back on my skis, and I'm that much better for that time spent on the snowboard. So Dave? I would encourage it. Dave? <laughs> um, you know, I was, I, I often get asked, Hey, what, which one do you like best? <laughs> and, um, it's, it's actually hard to pinpoint what the, the cool piece of that is that, uh, it really depends on the people I'm out with and the conditions du jour, so to speak. There are some days that are ideal and I just can't wait to jump on a snowboard, especially if it happens to be with a, you know, a certain group or even another person. And, um, and then there's other days where the conditions are just right, where, where I, I want to be on skis and that's really the kind of the cool piece about it. And I think the moral of this, this whole conversation is, is that 
you can actually share that experience out in snow uh, in a multidiscipline fashion with a group of um, you know uh, people on all different equipment. Chris Rogers, Stacy Garish, Dave Schuling, real pleasure chatting with you this evening. Thanks very much. Thank you, George. Thanks, George. George. From the PSI ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.